0: Are we recording? Is this thing on? Yes, it is. Welcome to RevOps 500, where we invite the world's top marketers to answer the tough questions facing growing organizations. Oh, sounds important. I'm Sajil Qureshi. And I'm Gil Bates. Join us as we dive deep into the world of RevOps. We'll be learning strategies and expertise from first-hand experience. RevOps 500 is sponsored by Computam. They provide technical and development expertise to growth-focused marketing. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Sajidio Creshi here with another episode of RevOps 500, where we interview some of the world's greatest and latest RevOps engineers. Today, we have a very, very special guest on the show. I'm extremely excited to be talking to them. Uh, he's a leader. He's a data professional. He's very hardworking. He's incredibly creative. Uh, he's the director of RevOps at Gobolt Sangani. Nice to have you on the show. Thanks for coming on.
1: Thank you for having me, Steve. Uh, such such a pleasure to be on the show.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, we're, we're pumped that you're here too. So, uh, what is what? Well, let's get let's get right into it.
1: So, sorry. What is one RevOps
0: myth that you can think of?
1: Ah, great, great question. Uh, I think the biggest myth that I can think of that I've come across is that you know we're just uh, CRM or Salesforce admins. Uh, but instead, you know, just, just makes us sort of, you know, assistance to like the IC, like A's, AM's and all that. Uh, I feel that's like the biggest, biggest myth that's out there that that's kind of sitting on the shoulders of all RevOps leaders to kind of break, because, um, that is exactly what we're not, even though that's kind of part of our job description, uh, you know, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I would say. And this is the biggest Revops myth that I've come across.
0: Okay, so why do you think that myth exists exactly? Why do you think people think that oh, RevOps people are just the guys who are doing the product support for HubSpot, Salesforce, you know, Marketo, whatever?
1: Oh, that's I think I think that's that's a big can of worms. And so I think biggest um, the biggest reason that I see is this reality operations or like business operations is such a new space, and and it 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 all starts with taking control and managing the inputs, which is Salesforce or HubSpot or whatever CRM that you're using. Um, and then you're, you're you're often reporting into like a revenue generating functions, you're competing with that shiny object, like the EE, you know, like like that really um uh, really high shiny object enterprise the bring those big dollars and you're always going to have that one-to-one comparison. Uh, whereas your roles and responsibilities are like taking care of Salesforce, making sure all the fields are up to date. The UI is great. workflows are working. Automation is good. Um, I think that's, that's one of the biggest reasons back said, like it's such a critical part of the job because I'd say the most important part of, of what DevOps does is, is the outputs, you know, the, the ensuring that data is clean because you want to provide all the insights and analytics and therefore make those recommendations. So I feel like it's, it's an entire end to end process. And because we are responsible for the inputs and that's because, you know, we're responsible for the outputs and the recommendations. Um, and that's why I, I just kind of feel, uh, that, that myth kind of exists. And also like understand that, um, since I mentioned at the get go, it's so new, like there's no, education, if I may, for RevOps, the like people who come from, uh, an older generation of sales, they haven't really interacted with RevOps. They don't know effectively what RevOps does. There's no, like, you know, you've got like the challenger sales methodology and uh, methodology and all that, like there's no RevOps methodology, quote unquote. So I'd say like, it's still new, uh, lots of education, you know, needs to be done. I see so many thought leaders out there between now and when I started, so I see the are progressing in that direction, but, but I think we're a long way away from there. Absolutely. And when it comes
0: to the actual, uh, you know, you mentioned a lot of stuff there, you talked about data cleansing and, you know, alignment of sales, alignment with marketing, those sorts of things. Uh, is any one of those things keeping you up at night these days? I mean, are, are you, are you struggling with any of those things right now or, or what?
1: uh yes, yes, absolutely. I think I think that's that's a common struggle that we face uh and we also had like a really really strong strategic shift at Go Bolt where this year all the all the revenue functions now report into uh you know one like one leader who is effectively my boss as well. I think that's 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 a significant shift, but now the real building begins, right? How do you eliminate some of those silos? how do you Uh, you know, ensure that the strategy that's implemented on one team is not just implemented in a silo, you know, how, how do we make sure that both revenue building functions, AEs and AMs are collectively included in the same, for example, from like, like we're running a new promo strategy. Like how do we make sure we include both of them? Or if we're thinking about a new enablement session for the account executives and how to use a new prospecting tool, um we, we, we also want to think about getting the AMs on, but also like, how do we get sales and marketing alignment on a new campaign that we're running? Um, even, even from a, from a revenue building, like, like a modeling perspective, this was a really big initiative, you know, as is with, with most organizations in Q4 of the year. Um, which is, uh, you know, we, 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 we had, we were looking to build our revenue plan for 2023 and we wanted to make sure that we had, like we allocated 8% of pipeline and revenue to marketing, to the VDRs, to AEs, uh, and then, and then, then there's a the chicken and the egg that comes along, like, you know, who should get how yeah. much historical trade, so on and so sure. forth. Um, but yeah, like right now, as we, like, you know, coming back to your initial question is, it, it does keep me up at night. You know, we are building collectively in this new function. We're defining what some of these new functions look like, uh, because like co even though like we operate, like our internal operations right now looks very, very close to SAS, but we're not SAS. Like we were like a CPS provider. We got extremely expensive assets that we have to ensure drive the right PNLs. Um, so the functions are different than SAS, but, but like, that's what keeps me up at night is how to make sure that like, all of these teams have the right strategic alignment.
0: And how are you planning on solving that problem?
1: Um, the, first is the just, strategic <laughs> alignment problem. How
0: are, you, how are you going to solve that? I mean, it's, it's a big one. So.
1: It is, no, it's, it's, it certainly is right. Uh, it's not something that I'll solve in a day or in a month. Uh, right. it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, I think the biggest, the biggest leap forward that we made was bringing all of these different functions into like one, one team, right. Uh, and which, which we now call as the revenue team or the board market team. We still see that, the name. Um, but, uh, what that allows me to do is, is first and foremost build a single view of the customer, uh, like one of, one of our biggest wins that we're looking to celebrate and I might be, you know, celebrating with Sudhar is to bring, um, our last team, which is the implementations team also into Salesforce, into our CRM. Um, what that, what that's really going to allow us to do is have one single view of the customer. And then the, the, the goal is like one step forward towards, you know, working towards the strategy is to build one single view of the customer. Like it's as simple as going into a lucid chart and then mapping out exactly what happens internally when a merchant goes onto our website they fill out the form. You know, who does that lead? How does that lead come into HubSpot? Who does it get routed to? What's our time to first response? You know, who looks at it, the stages that it goes through and then through and through all the way through, you know, uh, sure, right okay, it goes to an account manager. Once we get the signature, it goes to an account manager, they manage it. We've got different processes there as well. And then that merchant continues to exist with us or sure, HR, right? So. Um so that like just as building the whole mind map of of the customer journey, the buyer journey I think I think that's that's really going to help us move leaps and bounds, really going to help us identify some of those gaps uh, that we have, you no know, leads that we're letting you know leads that we're letting we're letting go um we want to make sure that no lead is left behind, no op is left behind, and every merchant that that we've strategized for is is taken care of.
0: So sorry. I mean, you've got to get buy-in from many different places. I mean, you talked about the implementations team, you've talked about marketing, you talked about sales, you talked about ops. I mean, like how, how are you going to get them all to, to play ball with something like this?
1: Ah, uh, uh, that's, that's, yeah, uh, that's a big one. Uh, thankfully cool. I've got like, the most, most amazing people, you know, you know yeah, at who were good. kind of brought, who were kind of brought into that vision. And I think that's the most important thing for DreamWorks, you know, I, I, I um, you know, I often joke with our sales team. like, guys, uh, you guys sell and you can have a 25% win rate. We guys are selling as well, but we have to have a hundred percent win rate. Like I can not go with this idea to our VP of account management and have it be shot down. Like I have to, um, and it's all about like building that initial relationship with each of the right, each VP across each team having that trust, uh, you know, that trust built, uh, built up with them, with finance, with, with my boss, uh, with the ELT, okay. then allow you to allocate time and resources towards a project. Like, this. so, um, then the way I've kind of built DevOps here, and I've taken this from, you know, one of our thought leaders on LinkedIn is, is, you know, RevOps is based on four pillars. Like, and then the first one is people, like it's people, process, technology, and data. And people is in the first one that I often highlight on because our clients are all of these things, right? And, and we want to make sure that, um, we're supporting that to get to like, like, like the highest revenue, um, meet their goals effectively. And, and, and it's, it's so critical for us to build those relationships and it's those relationships that are really going to get us, you know, hit our goals for the year. So that's the first step that we embark on. Once we build those relationships at a personal level. Uh, that then translates to like, you know, uh, brainstorming on how we can, how we can uh, drive, basically drive home, uh, the goals that we have for this year. And then we start strategizing. Uh, and then I think the most, like all of that said, the most important thing is we're all collectively focused on one single goal. Um, and then like AM team, the AE team, they do what they do. And then I do what I do. And then they trust me to do a good job. <laughs> I trust them to do a good job. So now
0: that that's, that looks like a peaceful, harmonious utopia in some ways, right? Cause it's like a very futuristic holding hands under the rainbows sort of uh, scenario. I mean, if it, if it could come across, do you think something like that is the future of RevOps? Like, I mean, the, the ability to have total Nirvana bliss between AEs, AMs, RevOps, engineers, is that like really the total end game for any RevOps organization?
1: Yes. Uh, I, so I, I, would actually go a step forward and say, I think it is table stakes for RevOps to reach the end game, right? Like I, I know it sounds like all uh, sunshine and rainbows. I can assure yeah. you that it's not And any RevOps leader listening to this right now is like, what is this guy talking about? Like that's <laughs> not the <laughs> reality, right? Um, but it's not like, it, it, it's yeah. not that. And that's why, you know, it's, it's, it's leaders like us who have to build towards it, like that's the North star. And when we go into a new organization task with building out the function, the first thing we do is build those relationships. Um, it's like, you know, building those relationships with your prospects. You know, you do the initial research, you I'm going to the extent of stalking some of my quote unquote prospects, like Instagram, like beyond LinkedIn, understanding what their personal interests are. Um, And then once you do that, once you build that working relationship, same as sales, um, then you start talking shop, you start talking business, then you put in, you know, your proposal and then it goes into negotiation and you close the deal. Um, So I think it's certainly not that. It is the North Star. Um, And then I I think, I truly believe that um, we're all here to build the company together Uh, and that's how I, I speak to all the different leaders across the organization is for sure to build the company together. We're here to drive growth. Uh, we're here to make sure that the customers that come in are extremely happy with us. Um, and then we do bring the right customers and the right merchants in. And as long as we're all aligned towards that same goal, I think it is extremely easy to agree to disagree, to, you know, proceed even go like you and I would disagree on a specific strategy. So it's very, very easier said than done. Sounds very esoteric. But what I do is I kind of keep this written down in front of me every day. And that really allows me to take a step back, take a 30,000 view, take stock of what exactly I'm doing. And then, and then really allow me to get back in the reads of things.
0: Got it. So are you said, you said something very, 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 you know, particular. Uh, you said that you would. Before you even start working on the, the processes or the technology, you focused on the people. And you said that these, and your people, people, these are like your colleagues at, at Goble, right? These are like your, your, your coworkers, basically. Yes. You would go onto their Instagram and you would kind of learn about them personally to build a rapport with them before you start going in for the ask of buying into some sort of ideas. Now, is that something
1: most RevOps engineers are
0: doing? Or is that just something that, you know, you're doing?
1: Ah. Uh, um, so I see most Revox engineers not do that, uh, because, okay. um, because, yeah, um, and beautiful controversial statement, but like, I think we're, we're all nerds so, and like, we love, we love, you huh. know, we love numbers. Yeah. We love the math of it. We love, you know, we're extremely technical. We tell me that there's an integration between like the band base and Salesforce. And, like, I don't know, okay. like, I'll do it. You know, I'll, I'll sit up all night. I'll read the technical specs. Like that's what really excites me. Um. And, 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 but, but, but as, and that's good when you are, you know, in, in, in like a RevOps engineer role, but then when you're leading a function, your, your, your job is that is to understand all of that, but also translate back on how it drives revenue and how it impacts the business. At the end that's of the day, true. it's all about the revenue. And when I talk to, you know, honestly, counterparts across the different teams, they don't really care about the integration. They don't care about reading that technical specification sheet. They care about revenue and that's what they're focused on. Um, and, and these are, these are sharks, right? These yeah. are, uh, very, yeah. very aggressive sharks, you know, who are, um, and that's who they're supposed to be. Um, yes. otherwise they're not really good at their jobs. So I feel, I feel understanding the person, their personality, how they think, how they like to be presented information, how they like to make decisions will really make Revolve leaders successful. Because, yes. you know, day, these people are your clients. Um, when you are presenting a proposal to them, you're asking them for their time and resources that is not focused on negotiating or like reaching out to any prospect or signing a contract, right? Like, but I think for them, even though they may spend three hours of the day just chatting around, like, that, that's okay, right? even then like asking for RevOps time is more of a cost center to them. And I think once you build that relationship, I think it really, really allows them to see value in why this is really going to drive strategic wins, both in the short mm-hmm. term and the long term. So I think you know, they're like, it's, it's people, right? Like people, people make businesses, even though right now the world is in, in, in the opposite direction, but I feel like people are, uh, people are the most important piece to a business. Yeah. I mean, like it's, it's, it's a, it's an interesting
0: perspective, you know, like, I mean, it's most people have a hard time getting things done at work because of dealing with people in different ways, but I've never heard about that really in a RevOps context myself until now. And then your approach of selling concepts to people and you call them sharks and these are salespeople, marketing people. I mean, they don't want to deal with the data. They just want to know about revenue. So you have to frame the messaging in the right way and understand motivations and yeah, maybe searching about what their interests are and finding out more about them as people shows that gives you, gets you that respect with them and that trust. You're trying to build trust and that can be built in many different ways as a RevOps engineer. It's not just with the charts and the tech stack.
1: It can yes. be with
0: soft skills too.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and one piece, one piece that I really, thing I've really learned over the last year is, um, is like human beings are inherently like biological animals right uh mm-hmm. no, no i said that wrong uh we're like social animals biologically we're social animals sorry about that but mm-hmm. i feel um like you know when when you meet someone in person you do a walk and talk you go for a coffee chat understand you know like you know how how they're spending their weekend what their plans are for like valentine's day um it's just so timely as well um understand what their challenges are like you know someone's looking to buy a new house and you know they're saving up for like a down payment someone's saving up to buy a ring for their, you know, to propose. And it's just like connecting at that personal level really transforms And it doesn't have to be a person. Like it can also be over zoom and, and Google Meets these days, but really understanding them at a personal level, uh, moves, like it just, it just moves mountains at work, right? Like really taking the effort to understand them, you know, at a personal level. And I, and I noticed a lot, like last year, because I was reporting into the VP of sales. Uh, VP of revenue, and like clearly, like her like building relationships uh, is just kind of in her DNA, and, and and just just seeing her do work the way that she did, um, it really you know forced me to reflect on my operating procedures and my operating principles, and this is one key important piece that I learned from her.
0: Uh, yeah, it's a, it's an amazing thing to hear from a rev ops engineer about soft skills. That's I, I really I really like that. Uh, let's talk about like. You know, a little bit, uh, I mean, you know, from back in the day, you know, you, you've you been doing this for a while. I know, you know, you are, you're at Gobolt now, you were at Pavilion before, I believe. Uh, what is, you know, did you always know you were going to be doing RevOps work? I mean, you know, you, you're at ClearCo, TradeGecko, different places. I mean, do you, did you always know that you were going to be doing RevOps and stuff like that? Or, <laughs>
1: Oh no, no, no. I had no idea what, what RevOps was. Uh, funny enough, I actually, actually lied on my resume or to get to my first job in RevOps that I knew Salesforce, um, we like when we were at school, we were like, we were made to do like 12 trailheads. Um, I think like, I'm pretty confident most of us cheated. I'd, I'd say all of us cheated, you know, if you put in the wrong wow. answer, it gives you the right answer, but I still put it on my resume that I knew 12, like i had done 12 trailheads. Very, very good with Salesforce. Rest assured, I had no idea. Like I'm, I'd never like logged into like a true Salesforce org. And I somehow, like, I I think my boss at that time, he's still a great mentor right now. Like, I think he knows that I like my resume. He still kind of took me on. Um, and then my first day he's like, yes, Rob, like just go into Salesforce and do ABC. I'm like, oh my God, how am I going to do this? I have no idea. It was Salesforce classic back then. There was no lightning. Okay. Um, sure. But then that's when I learned the power of Google, I was, I started like, I'm like, wait, I can't ask anyone because, you know, I've, I've yeah. my resume. Um, so I started going on Google and started Googling stuff. And that's when I realized that you can Google your way through your career. So you know, I really, I really have, have learned the power of Google, I guess. Yeah. So, I
0: mean, you kind of, kind of accidentally got into there by hook, but by yeah. by you got into, in, into RevOps and. Now let's talk about that that mentor a little bit. You know, who was that mentor? Do you wanna I mean, can you tell us a bit about him or?
1: Yeah, for sure. So he yeah, uh, so he's my he's my first boss. His name is James McKay. Uh he's actually leading like finance, HR, and a bunch of teams at this like software company called Slash. Um he kind of hired me, you know, took me on, mentored me in this space, and he gave me my first job in this space. And uh I I remember explicitly he sat me down and he's drawing the whole sales funnel explaining me definitions of NQL, SQL, SAL, how it becomes an opportunity. Um, so like, like, yeah, he also helped me out, like, uh, you know, how I should be negotiating for my salary, which is often something that doesn't happen with a direct boss, um, and then like, you know, uh, help me out with like jobs, that follow you know, that organization and he continues to like, helps me out with, with challenges that I face today as well. So yeah, uh, great, great, great mentor. That's for sure
0: yeah i mean James sounds like a really a really good guy. So let's go back in time now a little bit. I'm gonna switch gears a bit on you sarah i mean let us say you get to meet yourself when you were twenty years ago, twenty years old, so maybe about a year or two ago i know you're you're, you're a young guy you a grasshopper community. yeah <laughs> but, but i mean like uh what would you what kind of advice would you give yourself like what, to twenty year old sarah
1: i'd say i'd say um, um, this is very clean but like focus on Focused on studies. I was really bad. I was really bad at my 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 studies. Like, like ridiculously bad, like laughably bad. Um funny enough, and I, I say this and it often scares a bunch of people at work. Like I failed at math. Um and for a revolve theater to say that, you know, the person failed it, that he failed at math, you say it's a scary thing. So and then the second one is taking it easy, right? Like oftentimes at that age, you're putting so much pressure on yourself um to like get into get into, you know, get into business, you know, have your own startup. Like we tried a bunch of things, uh, get into the job market, start making money. Um, now I miss, you know, miss, miss my, my school days so like, you don't have to focus on meeting deadlines and targets and strategy. You get up, go to school, have some fun, meet some friends and come back. So I think it's taking it easy, but most importantly, um, just doing well at, at school, uh, when like, oh, I was serious though, I think what I would, what I would tell is like, be a bit more focused. I think it's always good. Um, like when you don't, uh, like when you don't plan, you basically plan to fail, right? Like if you fail to plan, you plan yes. to fail. Um, so I think like so, having, and that's what I follow with myself and my team as well, is it's so critical to have a one year, three year, five year plan, but also acknowledging that 90% of the time that plan is all going to go through. So that's what I would kind of talk to my, you know, tell my 12, my 20 year old sales.
0: Yeah. Just enjoy, enjoy it a bit more, focus on your studies a bit. So it looks like you yes. have a lot in common. I, 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 feel, I failed the math course growing up too. You know, I mean, we have that in common.
1: Hey, it was, I mean, if I had to go and if I had to go and go back to my math teacher, like, I think it'll be a big you moment. I'm like, Hey man, like, I feel math, but like, Hey, so yeah. It's certainly, well, well certainly what was fun. the, what was the math class that you feel? Was it like a,
0: like a, just a calculus or finite or was it, what, what, statistics? what was, it was What
1: statistics? It was exactly that it was probability and statistics. Um, so, (laughs) which is even more ironic, which is like even more ironic. Um, there was legit like probability at statistics. is what I hear. And I, (laughs) yeah, I I passed the second time, but I barely passed. Like, it's pretty funny. That's literally what I did for Larry now. Yeah, but I mean, but what,
0: what does that tell you about yourself? I guess, right? but you know, you, you know, you, you, you failed it. Then you have the story to tell and that you can still, you can still do something, even though you don't in statistics, even though you failed statistics. I mean,
1: that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, see, I, I, the, the way I see it, I think like, it, it doesn't matter. Like really, uh, if, if you look at some of our, like some of the biggest leaders, Fortune 500, like they were average or mediocre when it comes to their education. They were like, ex- like some of them would be dropouts, but I don't really talk about their stories because they're like one in a trillion, but sure. I was more of a visual learner. Like I was more of a practical learner. Like he gave me a book. You told me like, learn this, this is how it works. I'm like, no, no, that's not how I learn. I need to like implement it. I need to play around with it. Um, like for example, you give me a new software to explore. I, I need to first like spend some time with it, get familiar with it, try it a couple of times, make some mistakes. I'm more of a experience based, visual based learner than someone, you know, who can learn, uh, theoretically based out of books. Um, and that's just why I learned more about myself. But I see like the education system kind of doesn't really support that. It's more about, hey, here's a few books, like, you know, eat all of that up, you know, throw all of it up in your exams. And then that's kind of a representation of how smart you are. But I, I I think it's not. It's more about how do you learn all of that and then translate it to life. Right. Um, and I think, I think like that's 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 the piece that I really found missing. Okay. So
0: visual learner. Fail statistics, you know, what, what, I mean, what does a, what does a visual learner who fails statistics and works in RevOps do for fun? I mean, I got, it's gotta be some sort of a story there.
1: I love being in the outdoors. Uh, like when I'm, when I'm not, like when I'm not doing RevOps strategy, I'm often like, um, I mean, I mean, I'm based out of Toronto. so like one good thing that Ontario has done is there's so many provincial parks. Uh, I think I've visited most, if not all in the 200 kilometer radius. I'm often going hiking. Um, you know, just, just try to involve myself in as many sports as I can. Um, just trying out like new pubs around like you know, around the block, new restaurants, um, meeting new people. That's something that really, really excites me. It's just meeting new people, understanding who they are, what they do, um, experiencing their lives. So like, yeah, that's that's what I do for for, for fun is just hiking. So if I'm not sort of my laptop, there's a ninety percent chance I'm hiking in some remote, you know, area of Ontario. So yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And like, uh, when you're, when you're out there hiking, I mean, I mean, do, do you see any parallels between hiking and what you do at work all the time? I mean, do you see any, is there, is there some sort of conclusions you can draw? I mean, like the, maybe the grind of it, the blocking and the tackling. I mean, what, what do you, what do you see if any
1: parallels? Uh, that's a great question. Nobody's ever asked me that, but now, now that I think about it, like, that triggers so many thoughts, I think, hiking is more about the journey but the destination is so fulfilling, right. Um, the more, the more, like the more I want to take, the more strenuous the hike becomes and in RevLOps, like when I was talking to this about my boss last evening, it's like solving problems in the unknown is kind of an all of our job description. And like, you know, bold size fourteen, like that's what we do. And when you're out there hiking, you know, you don't, I mean, yes, sometimes you've got those, you know, marks on trees that tell you where to go. Oftentimes like they're not, like most times they are. But, like just, you know, finding your own path, figuring out the maps. I, I often try and not to use Google Maps. Um, you know, just finding 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 the route, finding the map, going all the way to the destination. And then once you reach there, um what I'm really addicted to is 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 the view and the satisfaction of that like 10 kilometer hike. Once you reach that point at the top, the view of the mountains and and you know. Uh, The lake, the lake below is, is the river below is, is absolutely amazing. And that's what I feel is, 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 is web That's what I feel is the startup space. The SaaS space is you, you find, you make sense of all the chaos. And I feel people who've been in this game long enough are really addicted to that chaos. Um, I feel like if that chaos doesn't exist, if that stress doesn't exist, I don't think I'd be good. I'll be productive that day. And I, I need, I need the intensity. I need the chaos. And that's what I draw parallels with hiking. Like there's so much intensity. You've got time bound, you know, the sun's going to go down. you got to come back. Um Got to be careful about like snakes and stuff on the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's, that's what I really find interesting about hiking. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, you, you made a good point. So, you know, you
0: said that You've got, on a hike, there's so much that you have to deal with, right? There's predators, there's other people, there's the way back, there's the sunlight, there's your yeah. own physical capabilities. And in RevOps, those are all out of your hands, right? You have predators, you have daylight, you have all these factors which are out of your control. I mean, you don't know when a snake's going to show up or a fox or whatever, or deer, that kind of thing. And you don't, in and, and RevOps, I mean, like, you don't know. Sometimes there's turnover in the organization. You got to bring somebody new in and you have to explain this whole thing to them all over again. There's all these parallels between those two things and like the, the, the dependencies of other things that are way out of your control.
1: Yeah. And I think, uh, the biggest, the biggest, uh, the biggest thing that, that, that all the, uh, I learned as a RevOps leader is to be extremely comfortable with change because in, in organizations at early stage of their growth, um, there's so much change happening, you know, every minute there's change happening. Um, there's so much unknown in front of you. Um, because you know, now you're working with new leaders. And I and I say this because this is so timely, because we just had a big change. Some like all of the people that I was working with have now changed into like a complete new set of people. So I have to go back to scratch. I have to go back to what I was doing last year, build all the infrastructure up, build all of that again. And and then you're trying, I think it's you know, like one of my mentors, he said, I asked him, like, hey, is it like how do you keep doing the exact same thing again and again in different jobs? And he's like, no, That's not it. It's more about the how it's how you approach it, Like right? Even if you're building dashboards again, right? Even if you're building the model you, for the new year again, it's more about the how that, that really changes. And that's what comes with experience. That's what comes with, okay. Hey, I, I tried to do it this way last time in a previous life and it failed. And that's what, that's the feedback that you provide. Um, so I think solving some of those problems that don't necessarily have, um, a set solution, being comfortable with the unknown, not having all the answers all the time. And, and sometimes like I, I am extremely, extremely anal about like perfection. Like I need things to be done in a specific way. And sometimes my team gives me a hard time about it, but. So if like, you, you learn over times, like sometimes, and there are very few times, like 80% are good enough, right? Speed is at times, you know, more important than accuracy. Um, and, and this is something my uncle would say when I was growing up and he's like, sir, i like, always focus on speed and accuracy, speed and accuracy. Like that's, that's the, you know. and, and, and all throughout my day, multiple times in the day, like, you know, his voice keeps screaming in my head. Um, so you have to operate with speed and accuracy. That's what Revox does. You have to walk and you have to operate with speed and you're running towards the unknown and you're solving problems that often have not been solved before. Uh, because you know, the RevOps community is, is just beginning to build and like, you know, like, you know, the things that you're doing right now, you know, through, through, through the RevOps 500 podcast and communities is doing exactly that, right? Like, so it's still beginning to build. And oftentimes you find yourself alone solving that problem. Uh, and then that's that's what this is, and you got to get comfortable with that, and, and then go go with the information that you have and see what you can control. That's a it's a great way of looking at it.
0: I mean, so we can where can our listeners get a hold of you and connect with you?
1: Yeah, LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn all the way. I'm very very active on LinkedIn. It's almost always open as a tab. Uh, I love having conversations with peers and just brainstorming. You know, it doesn't have to be about a consulting gig, it doesn't have to be about a job. Like I think that's what's yeah. been about. Like it doesn't have to be about selling something. Sometimes it just needs to be um, you know, just the word of looks rent. I'm here, here to listen. I'll probably rent a bit myself, but LinkedIn's the best way sure. to kind of reach out to me.
0: Yeah, and then the and then the, the company site is goldbolt.com. dot dot com. Nice.
1: Yes, yes. Well well I mean,
0: you know, this has been a, an amazing conversation sarah i mean i i don't think we've ever had a RevOps expert come on to talk about how they're you know, reaching out to colleagues on instagram or tying the parallels of hiking to RevOps before i mean and cheating on their resume i mean these are all you know, kind of <laughs> battle scars that you have that i don't think anybody else has so you know it's uh it's been a very big pleasure just to have you on and thank you for being
1: here i just hope i don't get fired after this <laughs> i'm getting uh, but no, it's, it's such a pleasure to be here and, and, and yeah, like, it was such a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for having me on. Really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, of course. And, uh, you know, just, uh, for anybody listening, thanks a lot for, uh, tuning in. If you learned something or if you laughed a little or had a good time, just tell someone about the podcast. Uh, you know, we can get more people on the, on the train and yeah, thanks again, Sarah, for, for coming on.
1: Thank you so much. Have a good time.
0: All right, this has been another exciting episode of RevOps 500. We will uh, see you all next time. Thanks a lot. And that wraps up another episode of RevOps 500. Thanks for joining. For show notes and other episodes, visit us at revops500.com. RevOps 500 is sponsored by Computing, providing technical and development expertise to growth-focused marketing.